Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Leek. Today I have a special guest, Nehemiah Clark from Railroad Austin, MTV The Challenge, and Challenge All-Stars 1, 2, and 3. Yes, sir. How you doing today, bro? (laughs) I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad that you could be on here and we could talk all things mental health. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be a part of this. No problem. So my first question, I love to ask this question to all my guests. I want to ask you, how is your mental health? My mental health? Yeah. Fucked? No, I'm joking. (laughs) 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 My mental health, I think, I think it's in a good place. I've been given and learned some great tools along the way of my life that has helped prepare me for life and and prepare me for the situation I'm in now but um right now my mental health is good how is yours oh wow I always get surprised when people ask me that but my mental health is doing better than it was before you know I was like real shitty depressed but I actually I'm doing better day by day you know I started I see a new therapist next week which is going to be more based in trauma that I can just take with this shit you know just keep trying to heal yeah. That's good. Thank you for asking I that like question. That. A lot of people don't ask that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to ask that question because people don't understand that you could be struggling mentally, but be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could be like, Nehemiah, how you doing? You'd be like, I'm okay. And then I'll be like, you could be struggling mentally. Your mental health could be like jacked up and stuff like that. So I like to ask that question. I feel like that's the question I try to ask more often, even with friends and family. You know, how's your mental health? That's a good question to ask, you know, especially yeah. because sometimes it makes us actually have to go inside because we haven't even asked ourselves. So to have someone else yeah. that's like, yeah, that's a good question. How is my mental health? You know, so it's, it's a great question to ask. And I think it's one that needs to be asked more. Yes. My next question for you is growing up, was it OK not to be OK? I think in my household, I don't think that I think we didn't really check on each other in that aspect. It was like as long as you was breathing, as long as you wasn't starving, you know, like that was considered OK. We, we don't really check in, see how we're feeling, especially like in black households, we're not really a- allowed to express anything. You can't even get a beaten and cry because they say, I'm going to give you something to cry for. So you can't even express yourself when they are. It's like, you already giving me something to cry for. What you talking about? You're going to give me something. What is this you doing? Like, it's going to be worse than this. I can't imagine that. So yeah. I think that um, we kind of got used to not checking in with ourselves, not checking in on others. And just as long as you were breathing, you were good. And, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Black households, we have the rough, y'all. <laughs> we, we can't, you know, <laughs> yell at our parents, get our ass whooped right in there. I used to see my grandma. She was just so much hurt. And I just never see her like fry or nothing like that. So I thought I had to be like that, just like hold myself. You know, I was taught like what stays in the house, stays in the house. What happens in the house stays in the house. So I always left by that. Um, Next question for you. What do you say about stigma? You know, it's a stigma surrounding mental health, but it's also a big stigma surrounding men's mental health, you know? And you being mm-hmm. a Black man, like, what do you say about stigma? I say that the quicker we can get out of stigmas, the quicker we can get out of conditioned thoughts, the quicker we can break away 
and I use change for lack of a better term, um, the quicker we can get away from the chains and the boxes that we're all put in is the, is the quicker that we can all evolve to the best versions of ourselves. And I think that one, we, especially as black men and women, we still have not even tapped into all of the psychological traumas that we're still dealing with from slavery. And we're told to push those away. And we still don't see the effect that it has on, on our community, the black male, what we went through during slavery, especially like the black women with them taking away our masculinity, them chastising us, them making an example of us in front of groups and then using us to breed. Like we were horses taking us and taking the strongest slave male and taking the strongest slave woman and breeding us to make little strong slave children. You know, like there's so much stuff that is still attached to the traumatic things that we went through that I think that they have to be addressed. And until we start shining light on these things, we're going to continue to be victims of them. And when we look at the appointed leaders and we look at the the people who the media says are our leaders and who we should follow up with, most of them aren't talking about things like this. They're talking about not connecting with your brothers. Yeah. Um, there's this thing like no new friends. I'm not talking about anything unless it's money. There's so many different things that are perpetuating us not connecting with ourselves and tapping in with ourselves to really see how we are and what areas that we truly need to grow. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was so good. I hate, like, stick them. I just hate that we just can't speak about, you know, stuff that we go through. So many men or women suffer in silence. You know, um, suicide rate is so high. People feel like they don't have an outlet. They feel like they don't have nobody to talk. So they feel like if they talk about it, they're going to be judged or made fun of. And it's like, I just hate stigma. <laughs> I just, I try to fight it every day, especially men's mental health. Like, that's like important to me. Going into the next question, before I go to the next question, I want to say anybody out there struggling with suicide or suicidal thoughts or ideation, you know, there is a suicide prevention hotline number. They changed it to net pound. 988 is the easiest number to dial. It's 988. You know, so if you know anybody struggling or going through it, just make sure you call that number. Make sure they call that number. Next question for you. Have you ever dealt with any dark? Deep, dark depression or suicidal thoughts? I've dealt with deep, dark depression, but I haven't really yeah. dealt with suicide, suicidal yeah. thoughts. For me, I feel like with my upbringing, with how tough it was early on, it prepared yeah. me for the toughness that I would face as an adult. So like dealing with a mother on drugs, not having a father, catching my yes. first flight at the age of four years old to go from Baltimore, yeah. Maryland, to live with my grandmother in California, living in a household, a, a four bedroom house with nine people in it. Yeah. I've been prepared to know and to get tools later on in my life to understand one, how precious life is and two, to understand that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. So I've been fortunate enough to to have to go through all of these things and then find tools along the way that have helped me. But as far as depression, absolutely. I mean, I was depressed years, like recently, like some years ago when I went through my breakup, I was engaged. And, you know, we was at, I was school's high school bedroom. I didn't have a dog account. I was in a state that I hated. I, I was at my version of rock. Yes. And the one thing that I always told myself and one of the tools that I have is is understanding that the universe is always working for our better good and we can't see it when we're in the middle of it but how often in our lives do we lose a job that we thought was the job of our dreams only to find a better job and when we lost that job we were like 
we felt the pain. We felt like nothing good was going to come. And then when we got that new job, whether it was a year later, we was like, oh, I'm so happy that I lost the other job because I wouldn't have got this. So, you know, I've learned early on to be able to take the good and the bad and understand that good and bad is just perception. It's our own judgment that puts the term good or bad on what we're going through and to understand that everything is learning. This is something learning. And in my mind, I think it's bad, but the universe sees it as good because it knows better than I do. So I always know that things are working out for my good, regardless if I can see it, regardless of the pain. And that's the thing that pushes me through. So anytime I'm depressed, that's what I that's what I, I revert back to. And when we look at depression, depression really at its root is a lack of desire. And it is yeah. a lack of desire for anything, rather so a lack of desire to continue, a lack of desire to keep going for our goal. Whatever the case may be, it is a lack of desire. And desire is the root of, of our humanity and it's the, the root of us being human on what it is that we want to do. The universe was created from a desire. So that's the essence of us. And when we lose that desire, it makes us lose our light. And that light is never gone. It's always there. It's just that we have to remember to pull those sheets from over top of the light. Because it's always there. Yeah, oh, that's so dumb, man. You talk so so well. <laughs> so <laughs> dope. So the next, the next thing I actually, I always ask reality stars this, right? You know, if you've been on reality TV or not, you know, what was your mental health? So you, we'll start from real world Austin to All Stars. What was your? Well, we're we'll gonna start from real world Austin. What was your mental health like before and after reality reality TV? So I was young when I did. I was nineteen, and then my mental health. I felt was good. And then afterwards it, it got worse because I didn't know how to deal with the position that I was in. I had just done this experience with a bunch of strangers, a bunch of other cast members, and I'm watching their lives now. One of the biggest things that we should never ever do is try to compare. And I'm comparing with experiences that they're getting. They're getting to do these challenges more than me. They're getting all these gigs. So I was comparing what they were getting compared to what I was getting, which was nothing. And it made me very depressed and it made me very bitter. And I had what I was going through and I had to see the silver line. And, and one of the things I didn't see at the time was making the transition from going from regular life to reality TV and then reality many people can't do that. They can't make that after they do the show. And I was fortunate enough to be forced back into regular life. My other cast members were doing gigs. I had to get a regular job. I'm a, I'm doing a regular job I'm on national television. So I was forced into it. And at the time I hated it, but what I saw was that it prepared. No, it seems bad now, but four or five years down the line, these cast members are going to suffer because they can't make that transition back to regular life. And for you, I'm giving that to you so that you know never to be dependent on this, to know that life has been like a storm. It's, my mental health was bad. I was bitter. I couldn't even watch the show because I'm watching these people who I felt like were getting an opportunity that I deserved. And I had to learn it. So it put me in a much better situation and mentioned later in life. That's good, man. So, you know, we said where we're Austin, like when you went to your first challenge, like was your mental health good going on your first challenge? You know, I watched the call for other challenges and I finally got one. So I got happy and yeah. I get to, and I felt like I was in it, but the challenge, I was only black. <laughs> so I was, you know, like I had, I had West there. Yeah. It was a weird situation for me. It was like I was the black male, and then we had Anissa, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and that you know, like 
and and then I got CT, I got Johnny, I got Brad, I got Derek, I got all of these killers, and yeah. I'm like thrown into this challenge, and it's and I'm excited to do my first challenge, and what happens? It's the first yeah. challenge where there was individual, and there was no team, and it was like, wait, hold on. What do you mean this individual? Like normally you have a team to go through it with, but this one, nope. It was like, no, we're going to do this thing called the duel. Every man for themselves. So that was an understand the challenge very well back then. So once I got eliminated, it was tough. Yeah. All right, next question for you. So I was doing some research in the challenge. There's not that many Black winners, right? Mm-hmm. So I was doing my little research, right? I just want to throw this in there. It seemed like 2020, right? The girl Amber mm-hmm. B, I don't know if you know yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She won mm-hmm. black girl. You know, I was proud of her. But before that, the last black winner was you in 2008 and got me three. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yep. Yeah. Crazy. I, and, hey, I, I didn't make the rules. I'm just I'm just It's crazy, right? Wow. It's just I was like, oh wow, that's crazy. You know, just looking at this stuff right there. It seems like MTV is like casting more african-american people in a diverse more, more diverse cast because i think last couple of seasons you've seen more than one black person like you said we use on the show it probably was like just one or two of y'all on the show and yep. stuff like that yeah so yeah it's I, crazy I, I don't i don't like that statistic i don't <laughs> like that statistic some people like having their last accolades like i ran the, the fastest the fastest meter at my school and they want that they want to hold on to that forever and you know obviously yeah. there's the competitive edge of you that kind of wants to be remembered but that's not what i want to be remembered as especially because there's been so many strong black competitors after me leroy deserved to win i would have loved for leroy to win I would have loved for a Brandon Nelson to win a Corey. I would love for Corey to win. I would love for Nelson. You know, like we're always we're always rooting for each other. But it's um, you don't want that to be the statistic that you're, especially when it's been so long and there's been so many other black males after you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Brandon, that's my bro. I talk to him a lot. <laughs> he <laughs> is cool people. I feel like he should have won. And cut through, but they did him dirty. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He told me he was like he was like watch it, and I was I'm not watching. I watched it. I, I haven't watched it in a long time. I forgot how it went. When I watched it, and I was like he was getting thrown in all the time. I was like, oh hell no! I texted him. I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, hey, no, you win. I was like, it was crazy. Uh-huh. He was saying he would have won that season. I always root for sorry people. Everybody's like, <laughs> I do. Like growing up watching you, even Karama was on there. Just maybe Marlon, love Marlon. Mm-hmm. He's cool. Leroy, I agree with you. He should have won. Like <laughs> they should. Right. Plus, the type of strings to make him win. That's mm-hmm. that all he went through. It's natural for us to. I mean, it's innate in us, and that's the reason why there's things like tribes and communities. It's innate for us for us to root for and feel connected to those who look like us. It's, it has nothing to do. It's not even a race thing. Like. It's literally just something that's natural in us to gravitate towards yeah. those that look or are very similar to us. So we're going to start from the last question, bro. What made you do All-Stars 1, 2, and 3, bro? What made you do it? <laughs> it was one of those things where, like in life, where you always look back and do X, Y, and Z. I'm opportunity. And I got to look back at my old challenge career and I got to see that I didn't really give it my all, even know what I was really getting myself into at the time. And I always wish I could have done it differently. And then I got the opportunity to, on top of wanting to be a strong influence and, and competitor and somebody that, yeah. you know, the minority community and the underdogs could root for. 
That's good, man. I enjoyed you on all three seasons. The alliance that you had, you know, I was I was supporting it. <laughs> I was like, yes, it actually all star. I told Mark Long that I was like, thank. I think all y'all for doing all stars. Like, it's actually better than the regular challenge and everything. It's actually mm. dope and stuff like that. It's good to see people that I grew up watching on TV back doing what they used to do back in the day. Because I used to love that show back in the day. Like, I think I started from like battle of the sexes or something it was one of them episodes and i started watching and kept watching and kept watching so it's oh, nice dope. so coping skills man do you have any coping skills that you would like to tell somebody that's struggling with mental health like what type of coping skills maybe that you use or that you you know know i use meditation i use okay. physical fitness mm-hmm. i have a very very small circle of people that i can call whenever i need to talk i have my dog I have music. There's so you have to really find the things that when you're doing them, you find enjoyment in them. And yeah. we all have our different things, um, especially if it's something that's good for you. Find those things. And then when you're going through bad things in life, do a check and see how much time are you spending on the things that make you happy. And a lot of times we'll realize that we're not spending any time doing the things that make us happy. And for me recently, I had stepped away, you know, music, I come from a music family and I hadn't really been involved in music. I used to tell myself, man, I'll be that dude on Venice Beach playing a guitar until I'm, I'm 60 if I have to, because I love music that much. And I just I just looked and I was like, I haven't done anything with music in in years. And that's probably one of the reasons why I've been struggling with certain things. So I had to have that talk with myself. And that's the reason why I started getting back into DJing recently. And we all have our things that when we're doing them, our robotic brain stops, right? So find those things that when you do it, you feel at peace. You feel at one. You feel happy. You're you're not thinking. Your ego isn't going. And make sure that you implement those in your day every single day because our days are full of things that are distracting, Instagram, that bring anxiety. So we have to have something to combat that. And if we don't, it's going to take over. Yeah. Damn, that's so true, bro. I need to try meditation, actually. A lot of my friends recommend that. So I'm sitting there. Well, I actually was listening to something that I worked on an app. And I was like, oh, I was going to put me to sleep. I need to be home. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got to be at home listening to this. Because I was like, listening to it, like zoning out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fall asleep. And I would get fired. <laughs> <laughs> What, and and, and anything that makes us that calming is probably a good thing. It's probably a yeah. good thing. You know, as adults, like sometimes we get forced to do things like drink alcohol or something that makes us want to fall asleep. <laughs> yes. You know, some people drink a whole glass of wine so they can sleep, but you could throw on a guided meditation and it makes you tired. That's probably something that's healthy because it's easing you and it's calming yeah. you and it's relaxing you. And that's what most of us need right now in this world. Yes, man. Like I, I put that on, I was just like, "Oh, okay." This I see why people listen to it. It really looks like it calms your mind and just relaxes you. Because I was at work ready to go to sleep. I was just trying to cut out the negativity at work, and I was just like, "Oh, this is working." My next question: How do you feel about therapy? I think therapy is a necessity for everybody. I think that everybody should do therapy. I think that therapy is a scientific tool that is almost like what meditation is in the spiritual world for yourself, for your soul. And I think that therapy is so important because those people understand the brain. They understand what childhood traumas and lingering traumas can do and how things that we don't express can 
then turn into physical ailments and how we don't understand how the person that we are right now is a collection of our conditioned thinking, uh, our experiences, and how a parent could have done something to us as a child, and it is affecting the relationships that we have today. And without shining light on those things, we can't correct them. And it's all about being able to shine light on the things in the dark to bring them to the front so that we can start clearing them out. At some point, when you're cleaning your house, you can't keep putting things under the rug because that rug now turns into a lump. And oh, the, wow, more we keep, the more we keep putting that stuff under there, we're not cleaning our house right now. Now we're just moving dirt around. We're actually not getting rid of the dirt. We're not getting rid of the junk. We're just moving into a different spot. And we may not see it when we look this way, but when we turn around and we look at the rug, we see it. And most of us will, instead of going in there and cleaning the stuff up, we'll just turn our face and avoid looking at it until we start tripping over it. So it's important for us to do that. And that's why therapy is a must. That was real good, bro. <laughs> 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 wow. Was you like a therapist in your past life? <laughs> I'm like an urban okay. shaman. That's why I be telling people. I'll be like, look, I can answer questions about the challenge and stuff, but you're not going to get the you're not going to be able to utilize me as best as possible. It's kind of like, and I'm not Michael Jordan, but it's kind of like sitting there with Michael Jordan and you're asking him about baseball. And it's like, bruh, yeah, he does play baseball, but no, do you understand how good of a basketball player he is? So that's what I'll be feeling like sometimes. It's like, yeah, I could talk about the challenge and we could definitely talk about some stuff, but that probably wouldn't be best utilizing my, uh, my knowledge uh, to get out to the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of, I'm, I'm listening, listening to you talking this whole time. It's like, I'm like, he has a lot of knowledge. Like, he's very smart and good with his words. Like, this is like, like a therapy, like, kind of like a therapy session. I'm like, this is real good. Like, he's saying some good stuff. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here and a part of this. No problem, bro. Next question, the last question for you, right? You know, I like to end it off, like, on a good note. Like, what's next for me in mind? You know, we see you on All Stars 1, 2, and 3. Would you possibly do another season if you wanted to? Like, what's next? Like, promote your stuff, bro. Okay, so the one thing that's next for me is, once again, it goes back to reading. And one of the things that I had to look at was looking at my life and looking at, am I doing the things that make me happy? Am I doing the things that serve my soul? And like I said, I had removed music from it. So one of the things that is, is back for me is going to be back producing, writing music, and also DJing. And yeah. traveling and, and getting that out because there's so much healing that comes with dancing and especially for our people, our people, we are musical people. Yeah. We sit by the fire. We are tribal people. We are able to connect to our ancestors. We're able to go into trances like when we're sitting there and we're beating our drums and we're sitting by the fire and we're dancing with each other and we're chanting yeah. like that's our roots. That's what we come from. That's where yeah. we draw our power. And that's the reason why so many young brothers and sisters want to be in the music business. Like on the surface, we think it's because of how cool it looks, but at the, but really at the, at the root of it is because that's who we are naturally. So I steered away from that and I turned more into business. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be pushing more for is traveling, DJing and, and healing through music. And then the second thing is helping that's for myself but then to help other people yeah. a couple of things is one i'm creating a free ebook that helps people with financial freedom and understanding financial hey. literacy. and then two helping people with their transition into eating healthy and spirituality 
And then three is helping people who want to make life changes with their career and helping them get into free tech training so that they can learn new skills to put themselves in better positions. So that's what I'm here in Kansas City doing. I work for a company right now called Snap IT. And, you know, I help I help low income people get into the tech industry and get free training and things like JavaScript, Salesforce, uh, project management by connecting with local and federal funds so that they can take these training courses and get certified and, and get new jobs. So that's my give back to the world. And then giving back to myself through music and through just being a creative, a, a creative artist, because that's really what serves my soul. Yeah, man. Kudos to you, man. Maybe that first thing might be your own personal book about your life or something like that, man. I feel like you got, listen, you got so much wisdom, bro. Like, I feel like you can, like, your story, whatever it is, can help somebody, you know, as a, mm. you know, black man, it can help somebody, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that might be your future writing book about your life, you know? That's what Anissa and uh, Tori told me. They were like, you should write a book. So I think that that's going to, that's going to come. I actually had started writing a book years ago before I even got back into the show. It was called uh, Lights, Camera, Meditate. And it was how to oh. find... Yeah, it was like find happiness in in your spiritual journey of life. So yeah. it's um basically correlating being in the film industry with how that works with your spiritual journey. So and then I have some daily affirmation podcasts that I'm going to release. I had a, oh, wow. a a podcast called Dear New Me. I did season one years ago. It's called Dear New Me, and it was talking with people from different walks of life on tools that they use to become better versions of themselves. So it's wow. just, I'm getting back to that stuff. And I'm finally in a position now where I don't have to worry about surviving, which is where the society wants us to be. They want us to vibrate so yeah. low that we're just focusing on surviving versus thriving. And now I'm in a position where yeah. I can thrive and I can start to help other people thrive as well. That's good, man. That's so good. <laughs> I love to see <laughs> Our people's just doing good, man. And I just want to thank you again for being a guest on Number 12 Podcast, bro. Thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for uh, shining light on mental health because people are avoiding it. And, and especially like what you're doing. So this platform is important. Keep it up, man. Thank you, bro. Mm-hmm.